This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Created live on Fireside. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and astrology is a bunch of malarkey, a a bunch of balderdash. I mean, a bunch of tomfoolery, am I right? Or is it? We'll let you know with some serious, verifiable financial data that goes along with each astrological sign. Do you match up with the numbers? Here with some strong opinions on astrology, we welcome from the Frugal Friends podcast, Jen Smith. And from LenPenzo.com, it's Leo. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Leo's a great zodiac sign, but we'll stick with a guy without the gorgeous mane of hair. It's just Len Penzo. And last but not least, it's the guy who personally requested this topic. Oh, gee. Later, I'll be sure to share some presidential-related trivia. And now, a guy who had to create this podcast, because that's what Aquariuses do. Or is it Aquarii? Or maybe Aquarius? Anyway, here's Joe. Isn't it Aquarius-uses? Doug, I think I, I've forgotten my Latin class. Ask OG. He's, he's the Latin guy here. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to Latin for the Win podcast. I'm Joe Salcija. I average Joe Money on Twitter. And happy Friday to you, everyone. We're going to have some fun with your astrological signs today. Do they make you more wealthy? And the person across the card table from me who it feels so wealthy right now because he's here on Fireside with us. It's Mr. OG. I am very much looking forward to this riveting topic and cannot wait to offer my opinions. I'm, I'm so happy you requested it. Tell me, what's your astrological sign there, Mr. OG? I do not have any idea. Uh, uh, I, think, I think I know. We, we, we looked it up and I do believe, I'm 99% sure you are a Sagittarius. Is that correct? I was born close to Christmas. Yes. And here's the thing about Sagittarius's Sagittarii, optimistic. Yeah, that's not you. Freedom loving. That's you. Jovial and good humored. Uh, Honest and straightforward. Actually, I'm going to go to the other part of this, uh, which was the downside of Sagittarius. Blindly optimistic and careless. Yes. Irresponsible and superficial. Maybe tactless and restless. Not sure about that one. Yeah, You know who else? I don't believe that any of this is me. Yeah, you know who else was a Sagittarius? Ted Bundy. Oh, well, there you go. 
Ted, Ted Bundy and OG with a bunch in common. Several serial killers who were Sagittarius. <laughs> I'm just, I mean, you draw the connection. There's, we might connect the dots on that one. Deep under Los Angeles, the guy also, I'm sure, excited about this topic because, you know, he has the site for responsible people and talks about self-responsibility. But you can blame it on your sign, right, Len? Len Penzo's here. Well, we're I'm an I'm a fellow aquarium. Oh, Thank perfect! Yeah, so uh, so there you go. Friendly and humanitarian, Len. Honest and loyal, original and inventive, independent yes. and intellectual. That describes you and I. I think so. I, I, that's that's spot on, my friend. Spot on. Absolutely. You're not reading the downside portion of that like you did for OG. Uh, there is no. I don't see a downside here. There is there is no downside on this one. Actually, it says intractable and contrary. I don't think that's true. Uh, Perverse and unpredictable, uh, unemotional and detached. I don't... I'm not sure about any of those, but a woman who we've also never described as unemotional and detached is here, Jen Smith. Well, you haven't known me long enough. (laughs) You're you're very unemotional, I'm sure, and incredibly Uh detached. How are you? (laughs) From reality. Yes. Uh, What sign are you, Jen? I am a Taurus. Oh. I will use Ford. Patient, patient and reliable. Yes, like a Ford. Uh, warm-hearted and loving. I'd say that's true. Persistent, determined. I also think that's true. Placid and security loving. You think so? I, I would say most people would say when they hear that I'm a Taurus would say, oh, yeah, you definitely are stubborn. Ah, uh, the, the, the you mess with the bull, you get the horns, that whole thing. I, I, yeah, I believe that that is true. So tell everybody a little bit about the Frugal Friends podcast that haven't heard you the other 37 times you've been on this show. Uh, well, uh, Frugal Friends podcast is all about uh, controlling your spending, being a conscious consumer, and being a better steward of all the resources in your life. So money, time, natural resources, et cetera. And now and my co-host is a Leo and oh. she will tell you about that. She's probably the one you should have invited on to this episode. Generous and warm hearted, creative, enthusiastic. That explains her. Yeah. And she is a, she will actually growl at you um, <laughs> for like unprompted. Well, we got Jen here. We got Len here. We got OG and Doug. We're going to get into it on astrological Zodiac traits and can they make you richer? But first... This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. All right, guys, let's get into this. (music) 
Today's piece comes to us from the Freedom 35 blog, Planning for the Future, One Investment at a Time. And it's funny, norm normally this blog doesn't uh, dive into astrological stuff, but on this particular day, it did. And I'm going to read directly from the blog. What's your take on horoscopes, legit or completely meaningless? If your birth month has no effect on your future prosperity, then the rich should be proportionally distributed, right? Well, that's not actually the case. For example, roughly 9%, 9% of people in the general population are Libra, yet Libras make up nearly 20% of billionaires, 20%, even though they're only 9%. So, OG, we'll start with you. If, if that is baloney, then what's going on there? How are 20% of billionaires, I mean, far more, I'm looking at a chart here, far more than any other sign Libras are billionaires. I have absolutely no idea. And I am pretty sure that none of this has anything to do with personal finance. It has, um, it has a ton to do with personal finance. If you're if born you're as a Libra, I'm looking at, it's not, it's not billionaires. It's the top 100 richest people. And it says 15%. Okay, 15% versus 8% of the general population. And when it comes to when it comes to when it comes to billionaires, nearly 20% of the billionaires out there are Libras. Okay. Cool. Well, uh, I guess I'm screwed, so you know, let's move on with life. Because OG's down at the bottom with the Sagittarius's. By the way, Sagittarius, least likely to be a billionaire. Len, you got a way to explain this? Why are so many billionaires Libras? I, you know what? I, I <laughs> I'm with, I, I'm sorry. I'm with OG on this. It would be what? helpful if I knew what the F a Libra was and well, when they were born. Look, look, you, this is, it's, there's no core. I, I hate this because I hear this so many times. Correlation does not, you know, and causation, not necessarily related. Right. I, I mean, you could say historians have proved that uh, people from every zodiac sign survived the sinking of the Titanic, right? Except Leo. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I see what you did there. Do you see what? I see it. I'm oh, you got me. But, but seriously, I mean, I mean, this is just. It doesn't mean anything. I'm with I'm with OG on this. I don't know how you even can prove something like this. I mean, if you really want to get into I'm going to probably tick off a lot of people, but, you know, astro astrology, there's a real issue with astrology, right? Because, I mean, if you think about it, if, without getting in, well, you get, I will get into a little bit of the science of it. So the astrology, uh, there's 12, well, actually there's 13 constellations, but astrology covers 12 constellations in the sky, uh, each around at about 30 degrees of, of total sky. And astrology just started, I think, 2,000 years ago. Well, in that 2,000 years, the Earth's precession, which is the second component of movement, uh, it's not just the Earth spinning around the sun making the constellations change. The Earth also wobbles on its axis, so there's a precession there. And just what's happened in those last 2,000 years alone, uh, the astrology, it, things have shifted about one sign, 30 degrees in the sky from 2,000 years ago. So long story short um, – Everybody who what they think they are, they're actually shifted one sign later. So us Aquarians are actually Pisces. Pisces. And 
Yes. And, and, uh, and good, good news for you, OG. Um, uh, you're at, you're not a Sagittarian, so you do have a, a, a much better chance of landing in the top 100 billionaires next time around. Interesting. You Interesting. A, what, what comes after Sag? Capricorn. Capricorn. Um, can you repeat Capricorn. the part of this stuff where you said all about the things? <laughs> I have never heard Len talk out of his hiney more than he just did. That's not, Doug, that is that is the truth. That is the due to the procession of the earth. And, I mean, the, perce- the, the earth. Is the, the procession is how the earth wobbles on its axis. Okay, look so. at you using big words. <laughs> it's part of my. It's part of my job. Am actually. I going to get three college credits for this course? <laughs> Jen, Jen. Jen, why are work? Well, the wobbling of the earth. (laughs) Yeah, Jen, please save us. Why? Hold on a second. I want to go back to that because I think that's super funny that Len can use that as an excuse at his job because he just said it's about my work. So, how many times? (laughs) What's the over under on the number of times Len explained to his boss why something didn't work at his job, and he used the words because of the procession of the earth and how it's changed (laughs) over the past two thousand years. You wouldn't understand, boss, but trust me, that's the reason. Maybe not. You think you're a Pisces boss, but... Jen Smith. <laughs> well... Why are so many I, Libras billionaires... Look at the look at this chart here. This chart, I'm, by the way, I'm everybody. So many I Libras. I have a lot to say about this. Bring I have a it. lot. And if you, if you thought Lens was mind-numbing, let's talk about data science. Um, because I don't care about astrology. But I do care about only using 100 people in your data source. Um, Because typically when we write an article, because I freelance write for a lot of uh, websites, you have to to use at least 1,000, preferably 2,000. And I looked this up and the top 100 wealthiest people in the world are multi-billionaires, like at least 13 billion. And so... I'm, I don't think this is an appropriate data set. So I went over and I actually, I looked at the Forbes 400 for 2019 and I found a, a article that correlated their astrological signs to wealth. Uh, so yeah, Joe, I found a better article. Um, <laughs> and so their list, yeah, their list actually still put Sagittarius's at the bottom. I'm so sorry, Angie. Um, <laughs> You're still buried, dude. Yeah, My birthday's at Christmas, good. so I have the best day of the year. So what's up? <laughs> you find out who all the cheap people are in your family. <laughs> I don't need to find that out. I already know. That's a real Wait, your, your birthday is on Christmas? No, it's near Christmas. Just before. Oh, okay. Sagittarius goes up to December 21st. Yeah. Uh, yes. Okay. Well, on the top of this list, because if you're thinking about it, like worldwide billionaires, they inherit a lot of wealth. Like you can be over in Saudi Arabia and just do nothing and be a billionaire if you're born to the right family. But in America, there are more self-made millionaires and billionaires than anywhere else. So I feel like this is a more accurate data set and it's got quadruple the number of people. Um, So at the top of the list is Leo, Scorpio, Capricorn, and Libra. So still Libra's at the top. And uh, yeah, you still have Libra at the top. Yeah. Yeah. Still the same. So what's going on with Libra? I mean, they say that there have been all kinds of, there's been all kinds of data that shows that people are more likely to become doctors or lawyers or CEO if they're born early in the year. And I don't 
I don't uh, have the why behind that. But early in the school year. Yes. Yeah. Because they're a little older, right? Than everyone else. Because they're a full, yeah, they could be a full year older than everybody else in their class. Yeah. And so because of that, brain's a little much more mature all the way through the, 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 the school curriculum year. But, um, but Libra's Libra's not that. I mean, Libra is in this September, October timeframe. Let's, let's, Joe, tell our esteemed panel some traits about Libra's and then maybe they can, correlate that with their giant brains and help figure out what why Libras are so amazing. Sounds like we got somebody there, Doug, who's a Libra. I haven't looked it up yet, like, <laughs> yeah. but I will yeah. when I get a moment. Wait, I have the list. I have the list. It. When's your birthday? His is October 13th. That's a Libra. That is. Yeah. Yep. That's yeah. Diplomatic oh, that and right? urbane, romantic and you, charming. You were pretty damn close. 15th. Easy going and sociable. Watch out. He's going to be angry because you missed it by a couple of days. Yeah. <laughs> Idealistic and peaceable. It's stinging. <laughs> all those, all those things. We have, we have a diva in our midst when it comes to his birthday and it, and I believe it's Doug, but, but, but Doug is a Libra. So the, there's some interesting things. You know what? R- regardless, uh, I kind of like OG where you're going that this all might be hogwash and Len, even if it is true to your point and the signs have shifted. Okay. But I think there's something that we can make from these signs that I think we can learn from each other. Cause I think there are people out there that read so much into these and we could maybe learn from them. So let's talk about traits of a Libra and maybe what we can, uh, what we can glean from, from success uh, of Libras diplomatic inner bane, Romantic and charming, easygoing and sociable, idealistic and peaceable. Len, anything in there you think that oh, yeah. creates an easier billionaire? I'm, I'm focusing on the word urbane because I have no idea what that means. <laughs> well, let's talk about diplomatic. How about that one? Oh, phew. Okay, something. Well, dip, diplomacy. Well, let's see. If you're diplomatic, why would that make you more prone to being a billionaire? I, You know, I don't know. I, I just... Gosh, I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of people who are, are diplomatic uh, who aren't billionaires. But I, I don't know. I just – what's another one? I feel like, Len, the, some of these self-made people, right, uh, that are rainmakers, they're very good at, at uh, creating income for lots of people and they have this attractive quality. I think being diplomatic definitely brings people over to your side. And so – if, if you're good at diplomacy, I think you'd be great at creating new business opportunities. Okay. But uh, I, I totally agree with that. But just there's lots, Charming. Of, businesses, lots of businesses fail too, right? They do, so, but not by Libras. Those are by Capricorns. <laughs> <laughs> Those are Sagittariuses. So, I mean, okay. I mean, sure. I think you can find good traits within all of these astrological signs that could apply, but – You know, every trait does not guarantee that somebody's going to be more likely to be a billionaire. It does. It does not. Uh, However, my point was not that how to be an instant billionaire was not the name of this, but it is what traits, what traits can we glean from them? And I think that being diplomatic and charming, I think has, has a role. I mean, there are people that I will not do business with because they are not at all charming. They're the opposite of charming. Well, I'll buy I'll buy that, but then just just the same. I'm sure there's billionaires out there who aren't diplomatic at all. They're real hard hard. Uh, can I say the word asses? They're sure hard asses out there. But if you're writing so, the manual for somebody to become a billionaire, which way are you writing it? You have a better chance of being diplomatic or not? I don't know. I you know what? I think there's a chance of being a hard ass. Sometimes, you know, it. it 
I, I don't know, Joe. I'm sorry. I'm not helping. Yeah. You. Yeah. Jen, what do you think? Uh, Kim Kardashian is a Libra. So, I mean, let's just take her as an example and, and uh, write the book around her. There's somebody who's been a rainmaker for a lot of people. Len, I think urbane means bootylicious. <laughs> <laughs> if we you can know, infer one from another, I say that's accurate. Which Kardashian was that, Jen? Kim. Kim? Kim, the, the I don't know. Well, what She's about my her favorite, sister? I think. I think her sister's worth more than she is, right? Her sister is Probably, worth more than yeah. she is, yeah. Yeah, so she, so she and, and I would say the biggest trait going on there is <laughs> she already had an in. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that was quite helpful. There's a trait here under Aquarius, Len, back to you, which is friendly and humanitarian. It says honest and loyal. It seems like loyalty, especially when it comes to companies, like loyalty to people still makes sense to me. But loyalty to your company, I think, would largely be misplaced today. I totally agree with that. Yes, absolutely. I think that's the um, (laughs) that's the worst thing you could do these days is be loyal to your company, as I'm sure I'm going to get fired before my retirement anyways, not for saying that, but yes, absolutely not. The company, the bottom line, and I'm taking it from somebody who's 35 years working for corporations, the, the corporations uh, use you um, and they pay you if you're what you're worth, as long as you, if you go out there and ask. But let me tell you something, when, when business decisions need to be made, they get made and they don't have any loyalty. Well, I feel like companies understand that, but, and, and for that reason, pensions are gone. I mean, I know that's not the whole reason pensions are gone, but, but you know, they, they kind of gave that away and said, Hey, we, we don't expect you to stay here for 30 years anymore. Yeah. Well, no, that's true. And in the old days though, um, you know, many, 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 I mean, if you started in the fifties and sixties, you know, companies, you know, you could be loyal to the company and the company would be loyal to you, but but that went away. That went away many many years ago. I even saw that with my father, who um, he he was with the company, did spent lots of long hours, stayed away from home for, from us for for the company, and and when time came, they they laid him off in his fifties, so that the loyalty was not there. So, oh gee, it seems like in this kind of as Tom Peters put it, this brand you uh, economy that we're in, where you have to be your own brand. You don't look at quote the man when you're looking for looking at your job. You're really marketing yourself as a free agent to all these different companies. I look at your sign at Sagittarius and optimistic and freedom loving, man, those two things I think really have to go together. You'd have to stay optimistic. I would think if you're going to be working on your own brand and jumping from place to place. Well, and thinking about the loyalty thing, I, I, I don't know that you want to have loyalty to an organization, but I do think it's important to have, you know, good networking skills and being able to be around other people and, and if you go in a different direction or go in a different path to not necessarily blow that up behind you, you know, because, yeah, because it is the people yeah. who will help you along the way. Cause you know, I say, be, be, be kind to the people that you pass on the way up. Cause they will be the same people that you pass on the way down. Right. <laughs> you know? Well, and you so, end up working with the same group of people over and over, even though you all might be with different companies. I, yeah, you could. Yeah, why why have to market again? But back to optimism, I think that optimism from your your uh Sagittarius uh sign I think is hugely important. It'd be easy to get frustrated when you're moving companies. There was a study we saw what you and I saw just a few weeks ago that said uh mo- the average millennial will change jobs every 3 years. I can totally see you getting down because of that. 
I don't know. I mean, I, I, I would look at it maybe as the opportunistic type of thing. I, I, um, I suppose it depends on why you're changing jobs. Is it because yeah. you're getting fired every, right, every right. 36 months or are you, <laughs> you know, are you moving on to bigger and better things? And that might also be a little reason to not be optimistic. But just generally from an investing standpoint, if you're thinking about the future, you have to be, you have to be optimistic about the future in the long run. Otherwise it makes no sense to invest for the long run. Yeah. Why would you want to set money aside for, you know, 25 years from now? And specifically, why would you want to invest that money in big companies, in ownership of organizations, if you don't believe that 25 years from now, they'll be more profitable and they'll have better stuff and, and, you know, and all that sort of jazz. Because if you don't believe in the future, if you don't have any faith in the future and you're not optimistic, then why would you ever want to invest? I love so you. I love just, I think, a trait from an investment standpoint. Well, and I love you talking about that because that's actually what I want to do the second half of the show is to turn some of these, like what are the upsides of some of these different astrological signs that we can use for better investment uh, results? And I think that clearly you have to be optimistic. I'm totally with you. Uh, Jen, let's get you in here and looking at, at your sign at the Taurus, uh, when it comes to your career, patient and reliable warm-hearted and loving, persistent and determined? I definitely think it makes for a better entrepreneur than it does an employee, at least in my case. Um, but I did want to say one more thing about loyalty. Yeah. Um, Kim Kardashian stayed loyal to Kanye West for so long. And I don't, th- I think loyalty to your spouse can be really important financially uh, because divorce costs a lot. Splitting assets can cost you like years of your retirement. And so I think that's maybe one, um, and loyalty to your family too. You want to keep in that inheritance if they are, you know, the Waltons or something. So, But what if uh, it's driving another, you crazy, you know, Jen? I mean, what if you have a member uh, of your family or you got to listen to Kanye keep going off about Taylor Swift? Can you imagine their dinners? And every dinner oh he's gosh. talking about how Taylor Swift robbed Beyonce. <laughs> Kim, I mean, say what you will about her, but she's, she seems like a saint um, on, to, for, to me. So, but, but yeah, I think my sign, Taurus, I, I think my stubbornness and my bullheadedness, um, I get things done. I'm not the one to say I'm going to do something and then just uh, not do it, even if it means, and I, and I still have shiny object syndrome, so I will do like a very ADHD style, a lot of different things, but I will work myself uh, to exhaustion and panic attacks to get everything done because I am stubborn. You know, it's funny though, Jen, on our side, well, on our side of it, we don't get to see that, but as somebody who's worked with you quite often, we see the reliable side. That's the effect, right? You're talking about the cause. You stay up late, you put in this extra time, you work yourself to exhaustion. What I see from you is reliability and when we call Jen, Jen's always there for us, which is a huge part of success, being reliable. Yeah, I think I, I want to be reliable. I think it's that networking thing, too. Um, I think the more you give, the more you get back. But I have been learning to set boundaries, which I don't know if that is something in my astrological sign is good or bad. But I have been having to say no to some things. And that makes my stubborn heart um, a panic a little. Well, coming up next, right after our trivia segment, uh, what does this 
mean for your investments? We're going to talk about investing in your astrological sign. And uh, what are some of the traits of these different signs that we can use to be better investors? All right, Doug, you ready to do some trivia, my friend? Let's do it. All right, guys. Uh, all year long, our three competitors, Len OG and Paula Pamp from Afford Anything, are having a trivia contest. Jen, you're, you're the de facto Paula Pant today on today's mm-hmm. show. And before we play Doug's trivia, we should tell you what the score is. And man, has it tightened up. OG has 12. Paula somehow is in second, which never happens yet this time of year. She is 11. And Len, this also never happens, Len two behind Paula with nine. So that sets the stage. And uh, well, here's here's today's uh, commentary from Doug and his trivia question. Well, if you're new to Stacky Benjamins, you may not know that I've tried out a lot of personal finance apps. I like to be a guinea pig and try out all these things. So I know what I'm talking about when it comes to Uh, what's helpful and what isn't helpful. And uh, the app that I've used the longest has been Monarch Money. And it's because Cheryl and I, my spouse, were able to collaborate together. We can work on our goals together and our budget and our goals are right next to each other on the app. It is clearly the next generation of personal finance apps. So what is it? Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You create custom budgets track progress toward financial goals and collaborate with your partner. And now because you're a stacker, you'll get an extended 30 day free trial. When you go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. I love the fact that we get to collaborate. I love the fact that it's customizable. And I also love that it's this ad free privacy. You can trust. They never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying out Monarch myself, I totally get why it's the top rated personal finance app. And right now, because you're a stacker, you're going to get an extended 30-day free trial to try it out like I try out many different apps. And this one was sticky for me because, well, you'll see when you try out the 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y.com slash Benjamins for your extended 30-day free trial. Hey there, stackers. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. And I'll, I'll be honest, like our panel... I was a little skeptical of this whole astrological thing until I did a little research. And guess what sign old Doug is? That's right. Libra. Can you say guaranteed billionaire? But hey, fellow billionaire Libras, we got to market this whole Libra thing a little better. First of all, first thing that's got to change is our logo. I mean, scales, weighing things, really? Uh, but wait a minute. I mean, now that I think about it, on one side... I love the fact that based on the data, I'm probably going to be a billionaire like in the next 36 hours. But on the other side, scales is our symbol. I I don't think that's really resonating with that key 18 to 24 year old demographic. But then again, with enough money, we could hire a marketing team to make those scales look better. Like maybe slap some flames on the side of them or, or or maybe it's like one of those Mac daddy semi-truck scales on the side of the highway that way really big things but then again i mean like why pay for marketing seems like billionaires are great at hanging on to their benjamins i don't know i i I think i should consider both sides of the you know what scales might actually work huh well speaking of balanced relationships during her time in the white house 
President Nancy Reagan was well known for consulting an astrologist. Her husband, some guy named Ronnie, was actually an accomplished Hollywood actor before throwing his cowboy hat into the political ring. What year did Ronnie earn his first screen credit? I'll be back with your answer faster than you can let some constellations control your life's destiny. All right, Ronald Reagan in the in the focus today and uh based on our competitors and where they stand len you get to go last oh gee you're kicking us off going first which jen that puts you right in the middle so oh gee uh first screen credits for an actor named ronald reagan the first screen credit so he was president and uh, he was kind of old when he was president. <laughs> Ten. First yeah, screen credit you. was um, 1947. 1947, Jen? Um, I am going to go with 19... 19- Sixty-one. Yeah, you think it was considerably later, huh? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I, (laughs) Mister Penzo, you got forty-seven and sixty-one, brother. What are you doing with those? Well, let me see here. Uh, I God, sixty-one seems way too late. Way too late. Um. Because, Maybe he was an old see. actor. Yeah, he was. He was, and he, you Ooh. know, he was governor of California. And that was back in the '60s, I think. I think, or was it the '70s? Oh crap! No, I think it was the '60s. And so he was already an actor by then, probably well known. You mean a politician by then? Or, or, or yeah. Right, you don't need to help him. Sorry, I was just changing <laughs> the say, language. You, I wasn't helping. You said 40, 40 what? He said forty-seven. See, I got to watch because Jen said 61, right? 61? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Boy, 47 seems pretty good. Uh, if I said 48, that would give me like uh, seven more on top of that to 55. 49. Oh, gosh. What if I said 49? Who gets it if it's 1948? Uh, it's a tie. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on Uh, what month. um, Oh, well, well, I know Ronnie was born around our birthday there, Joe. He was born uh, right in the same vicinity there. Good man. Uh, Let's see. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to say 48. 48 takes the upside. (laughs) All of that for for one year. I did my taxes in that time, Len. (laughs) Hey, this is serious stuff, man. I'm in last place. He's got a focus, Doug. Well, you know, we'd love to tell you who is uh, correct, but we don't play that way. We'll be right back. OG, you kicked it off with 47 and Len went right after it later. But the good news is if it's before 47, you've got it. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. I think he was... I think he was about 70 when he was president. So that makes him born in around 1910. I don't know if he was in the 
military or not. I should know that. But um, so I just I, I kind of thought just slightly after the war. Jen, they both discounted your 1961, but I've known you long enough to know. Don't count Jen Smith out. Mm, yeah, I mean, I just I just counted backwards from the decades. <laughs> right. I was like, if he was president one decade, he was governor in one decade, he probably acted in the previous decade. There you go. That's the methodology. That was, my, that was it. That was my uh, methodology. And Len, you took away the possibility of the tie. Thank you. <laughs> well, oh, okay, but who know? I really don't know that. I, I was thinking it was sometime after World War II, but I mean, when did talkies come around? Was when was, when was the first talking? Nineteen? That'd have been back in the thirties. That'd have been yeah. in the thirties, right? Yeah. I don't think I don't think Ronnie's that that uh, was an actor that long. I don't know. We'll see. Well, we're about to find out. But first, some more commentary from Doug. Let's uh, let's dive in. Stackers, I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I'm back with the results of a hard-hitting scientific investigation involving the ever-credible publication known as Cosmopolitan. This white paper is entitled Everything You Need to Know About Dating a Libra Man. Let's see what it has to say here. Oh, wait. Well, there's a, that's one of those pop-up ads, damn it. Be the best at sex. Not that I need any help in that department, but you know, I mean, you know, just for fun, let's see what garbage tips they've got to offer. Uh, yeah, yeah, did that. Yep. Check. Okay. Got, yep. Uh-huh. Right. Been there. Done that. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. That is not even, what do I have? Ball joints in my knees? Doug, Doug, you got to see this. Check it out. Doug, we got trivia to go, pal. Let's, we're not here all day. Let's, (laughs) let's try to, try to refocus my friend. I'll clear the pop-up ads. I mean, those things are just so frustrating. Okay. All right. All right. Get back at the task at hand. Oh, Oh, this looks good. Here we go. Here we go. This Cosmo piece says your Libra man is an ex- expert communicator, always knowing the perfect thing to say in any situation to come off as diplomatic, tactful, and charismatic. He'll make you laugh and become besties with your besties. Wow. How about this one? And I quote, being the sign of relationships, your Libra guy is hella social and has a ton of friends. Oh, and, and this really tops it. Libra is ruled by Venus, which is the planet of love, beauty, and pleasure. Translation, they're super romantic and incredible in bed. Are you well, going to stop bragging <laughs> I just, about being a Libra? I feel like you need to know the whole trivia. man. You need to understand the whole Libra. Well, that seals the deal. I am clearly hey, hey, a Doug, Libra Doug, through and hey, through. Doug, yeah. talk to me after the, uh, okay. after oh, the yeah. show. Oh, we'll oh boy. Time. Right. We'll have our time. And before I go read what my latest horoscope has to say, let's get back to today's trivia. I know you want to keep talking about the Libra characteristics, <laughs> but I got to pull this show back in. The question was, what year did Ronald Reagan score his first screen credit? At his Hollywood height, Ronald Reagan earned a whopping $400,000 per picture, which today would equate to roughly $4.5 million a picture. His first screen time came at the age of 26 when he starred as reckless radio commentator Andy McCain, who got into trouble when he attacked a corrupt city government and his boss forced him to host an innocuous kitty program. The film was released in 1937. So OG is our winner. Len stays in last place. (laughs) 
which he deserves for the 20 minute explanation of how he came up with 1948. I, I felt like you were trying to equal him with your Libra brag. Yeah, no I don't kidding. know who's worse. Yeah, but mine was interesting. What's that thing mom says? Pot calling kettle, I don't know, something. Yes. Oh, gee, wins again. Congratulations, man. Yep. <laughs> I don't know what to say about that. Ta-da. Winners win and losers lose. Second of our discussion today on astrological signs brought to you by Magnify Money. Jen Smith, you know what happens when you head to stackybenjamins.com forward slash Magnify Money? Um, you get a lot of good info. It's fantastic info. You find that Free dental work. You find that nope. <laughs> Swing and a miss, Doug. <laughs> you find that all of those banking products at your brick and mortar bank probably not best in class. Better CD rates, savings accounts, checking accounts online because over ninety two percent of all the stuff online ranked head to head objectively at magnifymoney.com. Head to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash magnify money when you go, and that tells them that we sent you there. So thanks to everybody that used our link, stackingbenjamins.com forward slash magnify money. All right, let's get into it. Let's talk about investing and becoming a better investor. Uh, we already had earlier OG talk about how you have to be optimistic when it comes to the economy. If you're going to be a good investor, you have to be willing to hold. And Len, let's go back to your sign, friendly and humanitarian, honest and loyal, original and inventive, independent and intellectual. How can you use these things that are the traits of a good Aquarius to be a better investor? Okay. So, so those last two independent and what was the last one? Independent and independent and and intellectual intellectual. Yeah. So those I think are extremely important. Uh, the independence comes in where, uh, you can't just rely on your buddy for the latest stock tips, right? You've got to do your research. And that's where the intellectual part comes in. When you're doing your research, you got to understand uh, how the markets work. It kind of helps to understand, uh, we've talked about this before in past shows, a little bit of technical analysis will go a long ways towards informing your decisions as well. But uh, I'd say those are two of, the, two of the big things. At least do your research. Don't rely on others um, and by doing that, you will gain strength in your convictions. And if you have strength in co- your convictions on what you're investing in, it's a lot harder to shake you out of a, of a bad position or as a losing position, even if you absolutely understand why you're investing in something in the first place. Because if you know why you're investing in something and the market, your particular stock takes a, goes down, takes a little bit of a, a 10% decline or 15% decline, if you know from doing your research – that you did invest for the right reasons, it uh, you you will have that strength to hold on through that little downturn. I'm thinking as you're talking, did you see uh, The Big Short, the movie The Big Short, Len? Oh, yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah I'm thinking about Michael Burry when everybody's laughing at him because he's buying yeah. up all this stuff saying, no, these mortgages are going sideways. Yeah. It's all going sideways. And all this, he had to be, what, he was in maybe three years early, I think. Yeah. And he was, and, and if I remember, he was, you know, he was, people were making fun of him. I think he was losing clients and, and he knew, but I mean, people were making fun of him. They were, they were just laughing at the guy. But oh, gee, it doesn't even have to be, you know, Michael Burry and calling out mortgages. I mean, you see people where they're, they just blow themselves up. It's not the market that blows them up. They blow themselves up. 
Well, it's just a function of, you know, either the confidence or not having enough information about, about where they're, you know, where they're headed and, and not thinking too much or not thinking enough, I should say about the, you know, the impacts of the long term. you know, the biggest mistake most people make is having bad behavior along the way. You know, we all know intuitively that you should buy things at a low price and sell them at a high price. And yet when the world does whatever the world does from a stock market standpoint, and everything goes from really high to really low, relatively, um, we all freak out. You know, we all look at our accounts and go, I used to have this money and now I have that money. So now I'm concerned. And that's the exact opposite behavior that you want to have. So, hey, OG, I'm sorry, Joe. I'm going to, I got to ask OG and I'll ask, I'll ask you this to you, Joe and Jen too. The last, that last downturn, when was it in March of 2020? The market fell, what, 20 or 30%? I can't remember. But did you, 34%. Did you guys feel some, did you have a little fear in your insides when that happened? Were you a little scared? Were you afraid to put more money? Decidedly so. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, I was, I mean, I was too. I was too. I mean, having the, the interesting thing that happens and, and, and I think Lynn, Lynn, you can talk about this as well from the consumer side of it more than anything, but you know, it's, it was statistically no different than 2007 and 2008. I mean, it was less severe. It was not very much different from 2000, 2003, obviously less severe in terms of timeframe. But the one difference between all of those things was that you had probably four or 10 X the money that you did during those periods. And so when your money changes, you can't necessarily reflect back on, well, last time this happened, I did this. Although I will say this, I mean, it, it, to me, it's all relative. I mean, even when I was younger and I had less money in my retirement accounts, it was still just as, it was just as devastating to me. Still be frightening. Downturns. Yeah, it was still just as frightening. I mean, it's it's just it doesn't matter how much money I had in that account. I, I think it's more psychologically damaging in that you're like you're just get you're getting into your investing and and you, you know you say you know things will go down and go up, but when it's real early on, it you have that tendency to say, "See, I should have I shouldn't have invested that money. I, I should have." whatever, spent it on something, you know, for the near term for, for me. Well, and you know. well, and actually, and a lot of people say, Jen, that that's the reason why a lot of millennials were slow to get started investing because they grew up and were trying to get jobs. Many people during that 2007, 2008 crisis, so they were, you know, in high school and college and they saw this devastation around them and just said, I want no part of this. So because of that, while millennials statistically pretty decent at saving money, uh, a lot of people got a, got a slow start in investing. Oh yeah, definitely. And I mean, that was us included. Uh, We had to spend some time paying off student loans that, you know, was a result of like a lot of people going back to school and a lot of um, increase, a high rate of increase in tuition. So, but I think in March of last year, I think the only reason that I wasn't nervous is because I'm around this stuff every single day. And oh, so you people, weren't? No, I bought uh, some medical index funds uh, during that time. Um, and I, I think, but that's the only reason. I think if I, I wasn't being inundated with all of this information from people who have been long-term investors, it would have been really scary. Like I know people who still don't, want to invest or still nervous about investing just because they don't know or understand 
what they are investing in or how to invest. And then they see something big like this happen. And, and of course, that's going to make people um, feel nervous. But I think with the with the weird, you know, super increase we had for the rest of the year and then uh, crypto and TikTok and Tesla, I, I think that kind of compensated for all the fear that there was in March. Um, but I can't say that's for everyone. I'm going to bridge the gap, uh, Jen, between what you said and Len, what you started off with, which is that I was very afraid, mostly because of the fact that that it was a new situation and never been through a pandemic before. I'd seen different reasons why the market had reacted the way it was, mortgages in 2007, 2008, largely, and then, of course, some collapse on Wall Street. Uh, but then in 2000, the whole tech wreck saw that one. This was a completely different thing, the pandemic. So it worried the hell out of me. But what's funny is, is that because of my experience, and I think, Len, this gets back to what what you were saying earlier about, about early on being more afraid. While I was very afraid, I was optimistic enough to think that it was going to come back. So I was throwing money in because I felt afraid, because I've conditioned myself to, to know that when things when things are ugly, that is the time to put to put money into into the market. Yeah, and and that's where my mm-hmm. and that's where my fear was, Joe. My fear wasn't it wasn't the fear because oh you know I lost you know twenty percent of my portfolio just took a crap, but it was that I got I'm going to take this I have some cash on the sidelines and I'm going to against my you know fear I'm going to throw I'm going to buy stocks because because things are cheap but it's hard to it's hard when when the market's going down you, you're like you have that in the back of your mind it's like man I'm, is this a fall, am i catching catching a fallen knife am i really doing the right thing yeah. well yes i was doing the right thing but it's really boy when, when you're under fire and the markets are dropping it's hard you're afraid of that every time by the way yeah. that you're catching a falling knife you're like oh the market's yeah. down 20 percent. am i messing up and then you know when it rebounded a month later you're like oh, i messed up by not mortgaging everything and throwing it in <laughs> right well, I felt that way. I felt nervous, like in- investing the rest of the year because I felt it rebounded too quickly. It didn't stop me, but I every time that that you know transaction came out, I'm like, is this this seems artificial, <laughs> like arf- artificially inflated? Um, but yeah, that's how I felt the rest of the year. We're still worried about that today. I mean, it's funny. I, I look back, OG, over over my career, and it's got to be you as a financial planner. I mean, how often have you not had people tell you they were afraid the market was inflated? Because I feel like that's like seven out of 10 days people think it's overinflated. I had this statistic not too long ago, and I just completely forgot it. But it's something like it was the number of days per year that the market makes an all-time, all-time high. And it's something like hundred days out of the year, it all, it makes a new high. And so if every time it was making a new high, you're like, well, it's too high. You would never be able to put any money in because it's what it does. It goes, yeah. it goes up one out and of every 3.6. Yeah. Sometimes it goes up. Sometimes it doesn't, you know, the, 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 the difference, I think the, the uh, phrase that comes to mind when, when thinking about investing and doing the right thing anyway, is, you know, the, the, along the lines of, you know, Fear is not not having wet pants, you know, pee in your pants. It's do it's doing what you have to do with wet pants, mm. right? It's it's not not peeing your pants. It's just being okay with, you know, fighting the battle 
with wet pants on, yeah. you know. So I've heard a lot of bad analogies, but that one just is. <laughs> we have a we have a winner. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, you can thank the glory days of the time with Uncle Sam for that one. Yeah, uh, uh, Jen. Let's talk about a, a trait from your zodiac uh, sign that makes you a better investor. So patient, reliable, persistent, determined. Talk about any of those and uh, and glean what you've gleaned to be a better investor. Well, I am definitely patient, um, but not complacent. So I am totally okay with my, you know, investments. Going up and down day to day, obviously I would love them to go up every day, but I don't look at my uh, portfolio even weekly. I think maybe once a month I look at it Um, because I just know, A, I can't take most of the money out, you know, for another, gosh, 30 years. Um, And B, I don't, I don't want to know. I just don't want to I don't, even if I could use it, I don't want to use it. Um, so yeah, I think I'm just like steadfast in, you know, making it to the end and, um, having that money to rely on later. I love the second half of that though, when you said not complacent, because I think a lot of times people can confuse those two terms, right? I mean, you're, you're still driving hard toward your goals and you're making sure that the stuff you have is competitive, but if the market's going against you, it sounds like you're patient to wait for it. Yeah. Like I knew, I mean, I was hoping like back last March, I was like, oh, it seems like, um, medical like stocks in that industry might be having their time. And so I put a little extra in there and we're looking to start investing in real estate. So looking to optimize my investments, um, but definitely patient in not being hasty and thinking uh, this is something I think just comes with a fully formed prefrontal cortex, but um, not having FOMO in like the next best thing. Um, but, and just like, you know, waiting and being steady, but looking for ways to optimize along the way. What do you, now, when you talk about patience and we talk about some of these all-time highs with the stock market, you mentioned investing in real estate. We're, we're seeing that all over the place, right? These huge premiums people are paying for houses where the, the uh, appraisals aren't coming in at the number. And so people are throwing thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 more meeting these numbers that are way above the appraisal. Does that give you any pause when you're thinking about jumping into the real estate market? Yep, that's why we haven't done it yet. Mm. Uh, we're we're just very patiently waiting for the right deal for us, and especially we live in the um, like St. Pete Clearwater area, and like appreciation is double what it is than like national average. And so things I grew up here, and things that I could get for forty grand uh, five years ago are now like two or three hundred grand. It's uh, like just makes me clench my fists. But, you know, I wasn't ready to invest back then and I didn't. So just uh, waiting and seeing what happens. 
Yeah, guys, uh, it's funny how we can take this discussion about astrological signs that I know OG was thrilled to be having early, <laughs> early on, and we actually made it a really good, good discussion. If there's any takeaway besides, you know, don't invest based on your astrological sign, uh, what would your what would your takeaway be? And I guess we'll give our guest of honor last word. Let's start with you, Mr. Penzo. Thank God I'm not a Sagittarius. <laughs> Mr. Sagittarius, what's your takeaway? No matter what your sign is, for God's sake, um, <laughs> you just have to have faith in the future. Even if you have the same sign as serial killers, have faith in the future. <laughs> Even if you get to have the same sign as ser- serial killers. Thank you very much. Jen, you got the last word. What's our takeaway? Um. Well... According to Go Banking Rates, I'm going to give my last word to them. Um, the best investment vehicle for Sagittarius is our penny stocks. So there you go. Not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> or the company that makes electric chairs. <laughs> Uh, well, I think that's going to do it for today's show, guys. Let's uh, talk about what's going on where you are. And uh, Jen will have our guest of honor get, take the place of honor and go last year. So, uh, OG, what do you got going on this weekend, my friend? Labor Day weekend. Uh, yeah, kind of a uh, kind of a fun weekend. Got some stuff planned for Saturday. And then, uh, I don't know, probably just hang around the house uh Sunday and Monday. Oh, that's my kind of Labor Day weekend. Just nothing going on is is super. Well, Saturday will be busy. Yeah, and yeah, uh, as always. Uh, what's happening with you, my friend, Mr. Penzo? You know what? This was such a great, uh, a great show, great topic. Uh, and, you know, believe it or not, I actually took a, a, an astrology course. And what I did was, uh, so I learned how to do horoscopes. So I have your personal finance horoscope at lenpenzo.com. So you've got to, you got to read it. It's, uh, it's all there. Trust me. Just don't take it seriously. Uh, uh, but, but uh, it's there at lenpenzo.com, your personal finance horoscope. There's something there for everybody. Well, there it is. It's fantastic. It's like we're the one, two punch Len. Well, I mean, you're not going to get this at the Motley Fool, or that's you're not right. going to get this at Market Watch. But that's why—that's my job. That's, that's my get this niche at in the personal. That's my niche of the personal finance space. It's it's stuff like this. Abs, the hard hitting stuff goes to yes, lenpenzo.com. Exactly. Jen Smith, thanks a ton for hanging out with us again. It's always a pleasure. Love being here. Um, yeah, very excited to spend my weekend uh, reading my financial horoscope at lenpenzo.com. <laughs> I'm sure Can't that's wait. like number one on your list now for the weekend. <laughs> well, what's going on at the Frugal Friends podcast? Um, well, I will I will be learning. According to Go Banking Rates, the best investment vehicle for Tauruses is peer-to-peer lending. So um, I'm going to dive into some peer-to-peer lending. That just does not um, sound correct. But anyway. <laughs> and... Uh, putting out a new episode of Frugal Friends every Friday. So if it's already Friday and you're listening to this, just search Frugal Friends um, in your podcast player and uh, find our latest episode. And get more Jen. Yeah, it is not on astrology, um, nor will you find any episodes on astrology. Um, (laughs) But it, it might help you feel better about your spending. It sounds like she doesn't want to compete with us. Len, that's the deal. 
She's like, I, I can't, can't. Why would I even try? I can't this compete This is really on the preeminent um, yes. personal finance astrology podcast uh, out there, top rated. And uh, I just, you know, I can't compete. In fact, Jen, uh, OG demanded that we change the format of the show to be astrology meets personal finance every episode. <laughs> so I can see why. Yes. I, really impressed. It's fantastic. Not not with the data set on that first article, but overall, Uh, the uh, the insight. Who needs data when you can have conjecture? We put the personal and personal (laughs) finance, Jen. Well, that's going to do it for today, everybody. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, Doug, my friend, you've got it from here. What should we have learned today? Sure thing, Joe, for all those people who checked out while Len was trying to figure out what his (laughs) guess was going to be, I'll tell them what they should have learned today. First, take a lesson from our roundtable. While there may be some Zodiac correlations with your money, don't forget, you're in charge. Second, take OG's cheery and optimistic advice. The people you pass on the way up are the same ones you're going to pass on the way down. So don't be a great big jerk face and you'll be a billionaire in no time. But the big lesson, I think it's time to get a little more information about my sign from Cosmo. So here we go. It's interesting to note that Libra is the only sign in the Zodiac represented by an inanimate object. The other 11 are all living things. Librans might think that this is an indicator of their uniqueness, but since there's absolutely nothing special about them, wait a minute, it serves better as an indicator of their abject indolence. What a load of crap! This astrology thing is all hooey! Besides, isn't there like a little blue pill now for indolence? (laughs) I love that Doug doesn't read what I write until we get here. Just drop that bomb, man. (laughs) To learn more about our guests and for more resources, you can head to our show notes page at stackingbenjamins.com forward slash Libras. To read more from Len Penzo, just head over to lenpenzo.com. To hear the latest from Jen Smith, check out the Frugal Friends podcast. How many people do you think are going to forward slash Libra's joke? Welcome to the after show. What happens in the after show stays in the after show. We don't talk about it later. It doesn't appear in the show notes. And uh, we didn't lose anybody on Fireside as we went to the after show. Nice job, team. So I thought that we... I was holding my breath. (laughs) 
You got that mute button. You could have hit the mute I button. I know. I could have. But then I just thought it was going to start. And then, I, you know, I just kept holding my breath. Well, I found this. I found this site uh, about uh, different takes on on these uh, horoscopes and they call them horror scopes. And we have some good news, Jen, which is that they don't have a horror scope for Taurus. So apparently there aren't any, but, uh, but we, but we do have one for uh, Sagittarius. So I thought we could, you know, all in good fun. Just uh, start with, start with OG. Cause, cause that's what we do. Yes. No. OG. Maybe. He held his breath. What, what are we talking about? <laughs> That's what, that's what we need. So this is, this is Sagittarians in friendship. And I can say having been OG's friend for a long time, this is the truth. Sagittarius's make for good, albeit formulaic friends. They're not exactly the life of the party and, and their conversations, False. their conversation is often trivial and boring, but they're reliable, honest, and won't try to exact a horrible revenge on you. If you dump them for being blander than boiled rice. Okay. That's <laughs> He is not taking the bait. I guess I guess that's not. That's a friend. Yeah, this is not going the way we thought it would go. I don't think that I don't think that is accurate in the least bit. And then when it comes to work it says Sagittarians can be hard workers who enjoy what they do but are too often let down by the fact that they're not very good at anything. <laughs> Understandably, this can easily lead to frustration, boredom and substance abuse. now you know why they're partially true (laughs) what'd you say lynn i said now you know why they're serial killers (laughs) that's exact yes uh and then love if a sagittarius if a sagittarian falls in love with you consider it a bad indictment on your character run Sag have an uncanny ability to hone in on the most unsuitable romantic prospect in a 20 kilometer <laughs> radius. Wow. Wow. Oh, this, this is OG that this is, this is horrible. <laughs> that is, I did not for, mean for it to be that mean OG. I did. I did not mean for that. All right. Let's see. Len in, in uh, fairness, we can handle yours too. This is totally you, by the way, not me. Of course. Yes. It, it, yeah. it says Len in this stuff. It says about Len in social situations, Aquarians are most comfortable in a crowd doing their social butterfly thing. This is because like all lunatics, they have an extreme, <laughs> <laughs> they have an extremely low attention span and the thought of a protracted what? one-on-one with any conscious entity. That's not one of their many hallucinations disturbs them greatly. <laughs> Deep personal conversations of the Aquarian's natural social enemy. So if this is what you expect from your friends, you've come to the wrong place. <laughs> wow. And then here is Mr. Penzo at work. Yeah. Great. Aquarians are most comfortable as a group leader, which is the exact opposite of how the rest of the group will feel. <laughs> <laughs> this is a roast. It totally is. They make horrible bosses convinced of their own unique superiority. They naturally expect unquestioning subservience. And if they don't get it, they're more than cruel and temperamental enough to make everyone's life a living hell. Can I, you got to send that to me. I'm going to put that on my next performance review, my self-evaluation. In your, in your bio. Yeah. And then let's talk about Len and the honeybee when we get down to love. As for sex. Are you taking notes, Doug? Here we go. I don't need no notes, Len. 
<laughs> yes. As for sex, Aquarians are experimental partners, whether you like it or not. <laughs> wow. Okay. Expect to be used, played with like a cat plays with a half-dead mouse. Oh, my God. And, <laughs> and tested on every front. It can be scary. But don't think of this as a bad thing. In fact, it can be freaking awesome. Just go with the flow. Try not to cry and learn to accept the fact that you'll never be in control, let alone know what the hell's going on. Like 50 Shades of Aquarius. Wow. Len, that was more than I wanted to know. Uh, yeah. I think can't all be Doug. I think we're going to stop it right there. Holy Jeez, crap. Smooth. It's a wrap kids. Yeah, please. Thank that was, un- wow. I did notice that the guy that came in right at the end left immediately. Like what the, <laughs> what the hell are the they best. talking about? For the best. <laughs> I thought this was about money and fun and, and, <laughs> Nothing Astrological like astrology and you'll be played with like a half dead mouse. <laughs> <laughs> well, stackers, the show is over, but the party is just beginning here. You know why? Because it's Military Appreciation Month, and we are giving out shout outs to all of our friends who have served in the military. And let's point uh, the finger right here at our good friend OG, who spent time in the military. And of course, we know what a giver he is even when he pretends like he's being uh, Mr. Surly. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members to help them reach their goals. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate, and you'll see all their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. They've got all kinds of resources on their site, like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. So much going on. Just head over to NavyFederal.org slash celebrate and take a look at all the Military Appreciation Month offers and their usual offers. Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.